Hello, and welcome to the sermons of Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. I'm Pastor Joshua Curtinbach, and today is the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. Our reading for today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31. Thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them from the north country, and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor together. A great company they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, with pleas for mercy I will lead them back. I will make them walk by brooks of water, in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This is the word of the Lord. Our sermon this morning was recorded earlier at our divine service. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In Romans chapter 9, St. Paul says the curious expression, not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. He goes on to explain this meaning, saying, that belonging to God's Israel is not something that is according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, through faith in the promise of God. For the true Israel is the spiritual Israel, which is also called the Church. In the Old Testament, we see a variety of different names for Israel, including Jacob, which was Israel's name before God had changed it, and Zion, which was the place where the temple was in Jerusalem, the place where God promised to be. This morning in our reading from the prophet Jeremiah, we hear the Lord say that he shall gather his Zion. And that is what we will be focusing on this morning. First, we hear how the Lord gathers. For indeed, it is the Lord himself who gathers his Zion. This is taught throughout the scriptures. The Lord is the only one who calls, gathers, and enlightens his people. And this is especially clear in our reading this morning. It is the Lord who governs the verbs. Behold, I will bring them, and I will gather them. And later on, I will lead them back, and I will make them walk. This is how the Lord speaks of gathering his church, his Zion. And since it is he who does this, how is it that he gathers his people? How is it that he gathers them into Zion and thus saves them? For that is one and the same thing. To be gathered by God into Zion is to be saved. And he does this through his word. His word which he sends out and which does not return back to him empty. And how does he send it out? Through, the, through those whom he has called and sent out that they may preach and proclaim his word. Then, or when God's word is preached, it goes out, and by the Holy Spirit, it works through the word, the Holy Spirit works through the word, and it accomplishes what God has willed. Or, as St. Paul argues from the opposite direction, how then will they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so to bring about repentance over sin and faith in the promises of God regarding salvation for all who believe, 
he sends his word preached that he might gather his people into Zion. The Lord says this morning through the prophet Jeremiah, with weeping they shall come, and with pleas of mercy I will lead them back. Through the word, the Holy Spirit works in those who hear to bring about contrition, that is, sorrow over sin, so that we may weep over our sorry state, our sinful condition, and the sins that we have committed. With weeping they shall come. But the Holy Spirit does not only bring about contrition and repentance, but he also produces faith. Faith trusts in the promises of God. That is what faith is. It is trust. So that we call upon him to be merciful to us according to his gracious promises to save those who have faith in his Son who died to take away our sins. With pleas for mercy, I will lead them back. For one cannot cry for mercy from God without first believing in him and trusting that he will hear and answer your prayer. Just as Bartimaeus in our gospel lesson did when he heard that Jesus was coming. He called on him to have mercy upon him because he trusted that Jesus would hear his plea and Jesus answered him. The Lord also gathers his Zion through the waters of holy baptism as we witnessed this morning with little Bree. The Lord says in our reading today, I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. It is in the waters of holy baptism where the Lord God becomes our father by his gracious action. For the waters of baptism are not mere water, but is water united with God's word and promise. Through baptism, the Lord works faith in his promises, even in the little ones. For just as Bree has faith in her parents who brought her into this life, so too she and all the baptized have faith in God who brought about their second birth through water and the Spirit. Through faith in Jesus, the eternal Son of the Father who has taken on human flesh that we might be saved by his death, God saves us. As St. Paul says, not because of works done in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Spirit, whom he has poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thus, God the Father becomes our Father, and we with his Son become heirs to eternal life. For those who have been baptized have put on Christ, and have been made members of his spiritual body, the Church, the Zion of God. Through this, God becomes our Father. As St. Paul says in Galatians, In Christ Jesus you are sons of God through faith. For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So it is all by faith which the Lord gathers us into his Zion, faith which is delivered by means of his word, both preached and applied by water. And yet we who are gathered into this Zion by the Lord have not yet reached our promised inheritance. For while God's church is united in Christ, she is still separated by earthly death, so that the one Zion is both now on earth and in heaven. 
both militant against the powers of the devil, our own sin and the world, but also at peace in God's rest. And God's Zion will not be visually united. We will not see this union until the last day when Christ comes again. For now, we who are in his earthly Zion continue on our way to the promised inheritance of eternal life through this world as through a desert, like the hot and dry southern Negev in Israel. Yet in this life, the Lord still cares for his Zion and provides for her and cares for her. Yes, he provides for you and cares for you in this spiritual desert that is the world. He says, I will make them walk by brooks of water and in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. Throughout our days of pilgrimage here on earth, the Lord gives to us the ever-flowing refreshment of his gospel and the sacrament. Through his word of the gospel, our Lord provides for us his church, comfort in this life, refreshment, and a strengthening of faith in him by the working of the Holy Spirit. In the midst of a fallen world, and in the midst of lives which are still tainted by sin, our God and Father comforts us by his word, by his promises which he will fulfill. For his promises of life and salvation are sure and trustworthy. His promises of forgiveness, even when the devil and our own flesh screams at us that we cannot be forgiven, through his gospel and through the absolution, which is the application of his gospel, the Lord says, despite what your flesh says, because you believe, I forgive you all your sins for the sake of Christ who died for you. As a token of this, he gives to us the very body and blood of our Savior Jesus Christ to eat and to drink, the very body which took upon our sin when he offered up himself on the cross and the very blood which was shed for our forgiveness, the very body which was raised on the third day and has ascended to the right hand of the Father, and the very blood which eternally bears witness in heaven of our redemption. These our Lord gives to us in the sacrament, that we may trust him all the more, that our faith may be increased. He gives us his body and blood that we may be forgiven, that we may receive his life, for as certainly as he lives, so will those who participate in his body, and that we may be made one with him who has had mercy upon us. We also hear in our text this morning where God gathers his Zion from. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, says the Lord. The Israel of old, in the old covenant, was a particular people whom God had chosen to be his treasured possession, from whom the Messiah, his son, would come. The Israel of the new covenant is not so limited, but includes those from all nations, from Israel according to the flesh and from Gentile nations. There is no distinction between Jew and Gentile in the new Israel, for God gathers from all peoples. And he makes this clear when he says, Behold, I will bring them from the north country. The north country, although we would like to believe that that probably refers to us in the great white north, actually refers to the region of Babylon and Assyria. These places were the enemies of God and his people in the Old Testament. 
There's many cases throughout the Old Testament we hear of the blasphemies of God and their contempt for his chosen people. Yet the Lord says that he will bring his Zion from the north country. In the first fulfillment, this refers to God bringing his exiled people back from Babylon to Jerusalem. But in the second and greater fulfillment of this prophecy in Christ, this refers to how those who were God's enemies have now been gathered to Zion and made his people. And I will gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, all people, because we are born in sin, are born enemies of God. We do not and cannot believe in him, nor does our flesh want to. Yet from all people, from all these people, God calls and gathers his Zion from the farthest parts of the earth, from all peoples, from all languages, from all tribes and all nations, the Lord gathers his Zion, for his son did not die only for a select few, as some teach, but he died for all. The fact that among this great company, or it could be translated this great congregation, are the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor together, demonstrates God's power in saving and gathering his Zion. These people, that is the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor, are not those that would be expected to make a great journey. Yet these are those singled out among this great congregation in Zion. For no one by their own reason or strength can believe in Jesus Christ our Lord or come to him. But it is God who gathers his Zion so that we who are spiritually blind and lame are given eyes of faith to see Jesus our Lord and are given legs made strong that we may follow him on the road that leads to eternal life. Thus God says to his Zion, his saved and gathered people, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob and raise shouts for the chief of the nations. Proclaim, praise, and say, O Lord, save your people the remnant of Israel. This is the command which our Lord gives to his people whom he has saved. First, that we are to praise our God and Savior who has done all these things for us, to sing aloud with gladness and to raise shouts for the chief of the nations. And who else is the chief, the head of the nations other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? He, though he was eternally begotten of the Father, was born in time of the Blessed Virgin Mary from the people of Israel, the highest of the nations. And after his suffering and death for us on the cross, he received all power and authority from his Father as King of the universe. He is the head of his body, the Church. We and those of all nations who believe are members of this body, and he is our head. Thus, he is the head of all nations. And as we gather together, we praise him who saved us. And because God has gathered and saved us, we pray that he will continue to gather and save even more people. O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. This prayer is a prayer that the Lord our God would continue to grant growth to his church and preserve her in the midst of all trials and tribulations, all suffering and persecution. We know that we sow many tears and that we go out weeping because of our own sin and because of the crosses that we bear, whether they are illnesses or broken down relationships 
or the fact that we suffer in this world in general. And so we pray, trusting in the Lord, that he will answer according to his promises, that he would keep us and defend us, but also that he would expand his kingdom of grace, that all may know and have the comfort which he gives in the gospel. Finally, we gather together for the services at our Father's house for our own good in two ways. First, that we whom he has saved from this wicked generation would be trained in righteousness so that we would know the straight path in which we would not stumble, so that we would know how to conduct ourselves in God-pleasing way, in ways which build up one another in the faith, and in ways which serve him through loving and serving our neighbor. But it's also here where we gather that our Lord refreshes us in the brook of the waters of his grace, that we may gladly hear his word and learn from him whose burden is light and whose yoke is easy, that we may be refreshed by the working of his Holy Spirit in the word, so that we may drink of the waters of life, that we may receive the gift of his body and blood and so be strengthened in our love and faith as we commune with him who gave his life for us. Thanks be to our God who gathers his Zion. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Oh,